0: Good morning, today's daf is daf Lamad Zayin. Today's shir is Le'ilu as Raphol Henach ben Aaron and Zechari Rahmel ben Dov Bear and Sylvia bas Ruvain. May their name Shama's Havel Aliyah and may their memory be a blessing. And today's shir is also um, is also for Raphol of Chai Chaika bas Baba Michla, Yitzhak ben Miriam and Elisheva ben Lieb, may they have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so we're going to go from the eleventh last line on Lamud Vavamud thirty six b um, at the end of the line it says Omarova, just to get back into it. Remember we said the Chachom, it was a Machlokes. The Chachamim said we know the Halacha is that a man is not allowed to marry a woman within when she has a, when she's n- pregnant or nursing. He has to actually wait. He actually has to wait till the child is twenty four months old. So Gomorrah said we said what happens if he does marry a woman within that time so so the the Chachomim held they must get divorced but later on when uh, when, uh, the time passes, when 24 months pass, then he can actually marry her so he must get divorced now because Chazal said he must wait 20 till the child is 24 months. But now he can remarry. So Omar Robert, says that according to the sages, what we just explained, Yotzi, but he has to actually divorce her with a Get. It's not just sufficient to separate with from her and say, okay, we'll uh, move. I'll move back in in 24 months. He has to actually um Use a divorce doc, document. So you can also be. If you read the Mishnah carefully, it's also the precise reading is yoytzi. Divorce, as opposed to yafrish, which would mean separate. Now, Amalei Ravashi, Rav Oishia, Beraid Ravidi, Rav Ashia asked a question to Rav Oishia, Beraid Ravidi. He says, "Hassam Tnan." We learned in a brisa elsewhere. Rabbi Shimon Gamil Shimon says, If a child lives for 30 days, he is not a nafel. Rashi adds, also, um, if, he, if he's full term, as soon as he's born, he's not considered a navel. But we just want to focus on this one that the Gemara points out, that are uh, based on Rabbi Shimon Gamil That if a child survives thirty days, he's not considered a navel. I, what, what does that mean? If he um, a navel, remember, is a miscarriage. So even if the child is born and lives for a little bit, he's not necessarily considered viable. So again, say so if he survives thirty days, he's not a navel. It would be a viable child. That would have huge ramifications, as we learned higher up on the page, and in yesterday's uh, we learned in yesterday's daf that the Yevoma goes free. If she has a viable child. So as soon as the child has lived thirty days, then it's confirmed a viable child and she goes free. It's as if her late husband had children. Oh la sha. What happens? It's fake If it did not live, if this child did not live thirty days, then it's considered a sophake. Now if it's a sofek, the mother would have to do khalitza, but she would not be allowed to do yibum. Again, if it, because if it was a viable child, she goes free, and if she sleeps with her brother-in-law with her, with her brother-in-law, with the yovum, she does yibum. that's the If it was not a viable child, well then she has to do yibum, and she's not allowed to marry anyone else before getting chalitza. So, since but that's a sophate. the child only lived 20 days. It's not 30. So therefore, it's a sofeik, and you'd have to do chalitza and not give And it's brought. What happens if this child died within 30 days and someone got up and did kiddushin to her? So now, on the one hand, based, she should be married, me sofeik, but on the other hand, she should have to wait for chalitza. So what does he say? So, Ravina, Mishmed, Rav Amar, im am Yisrael he If she's married to a Yisrael, either person she just married is Yisrael, then they must do chalitza. But if she's just got married to a kohen, we do not make her do chalitza. Very interesting. So wait, why should it make a difference whether she's married to a Yisrael or a kohen? And then we'll analyze how it applies here. Is Remember, if someone does chalitza to a woman, Chazal say we view it as a divorce, and a divorced woman is not allowed to marry a kohen. So granted, she jumped the gun. She should have had Khalidzah done to her. But she jumped the gun and she went and married this Kohen. And now he's... uh, um, And now it turns out that, wait, actually, do you know, uh, the child was a a soft whether it was a viable child or not. So you actually still have to do Khalidzah. He says she can, she gets off. Um, And... On the other hand, if it's Israel, so make her do chalitza. It won't affect their marriage at all. Um, again, the reason we make her do chalitza is because she might still have a zikr to the yavam. Because if the child was not viable, then she should have done yibum. But the Kohen, why can we go lenient by the Kohen and say she doesn't have to do chalitza so that she can remain for her with her husband? It seems that most children born are viable. And therefore we follow that. The assumption that it's a viable child and we are let her remain. Ramasharsha says in the name of Rabba. No, otherwise she has to do chalitza. There's no way about it. Oh, granted, she'll do chalitza now, she'll be also to her husband, the Kohen. That's right, he'll then have to divorce her. So Rabbina said to Ramasharsha, he says, She says, I oh, know. And in the evening, when we were learning with Rabba, he told us, like you said, that both have, that even a Woman who married a Kohen and had this child who was a sophake, vi- it was a doubt whether it was a miscarriage or a viable, she has to get divorce she has to do chalitza, and then she'd have to leave her husband, her new husband, who's a Kohen. She says that's what she said, and not But in the morning, he retracted and he said, like I just explained, that by a Kohen she doesn't have to do chalitza. Again, relying on that, most children are probably. Are, are, Bible. So it's not too clear, I mean, he says, Are you going to permit her in such a case? You're going to allow her to remain married to her husband, the Kaheim, without Halitza? May it be his will that you come to permit even fats? I don't know exactly, so he's saying that you're on a slippery slope. Before you know it, you're going to be saying, Meat and milk is okay, and this is okay, and that is okay. That's what he saying. if you're going to permit such a case. And the language is quite interesting. I do remember one, someone uh, mentioned to my grandfather, I said, you know, there's this practice that's spreading in the community. I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much detail so it doesn't come, um, I'm, I'm being vague on purpose, but there's this practice that's spreading through the community, whatever. And he says, what, they're changing things like that? It changing something in the order of davening. He um, so changing things like that? Before you know they're going to be uh, permitting our ios. So I think that's, that's a lot. There are certain things, and certain boundaries that, yeah, it's a hard thing to say, a hard line to take, but if that's where you're headed, you're on a slippery slope. It says, Okay, now we, we, we're, uh, we're going back to Rav Ashi's question. So just again, we've interjected with this case of a Sophoc nasal, and... Um, yeah. And we, we've interjected with the sophag Naifel, and we've shown that there's a machlokes whether where a woman had to have done chalitza misofik, if she didn't, would we insist on chalitza even where it will make her have to divorce her husband because he's a kohain? We're now going to apply that back. This is Ravashi's question to the case of a woman who's supposed to wait twenty, a man who is supposed to wait twenty-four months before marrying this woman. He's supposed to wait for the child to reach two years. Um, this woman got divorced and she's pregnant, and then uh, there is is. And what did we say he's supposed to do? He must divorce her with a get, and after the 24 months, when the child's two, he can remarry her. So we're going to say, what about if it's a kahe? Her husband died while she was pregnant. Now, since she's a widow, she's allowed to marry a kahe. The problem is the kahe did kiddushin too early. So now according to the Chachom, she has to get divorced. And after the twenty four hours she can get remarried uh, twenty four months she can get remarried. But that doesn't work in her case because she won't be allowed to get married to the Kahim. So let's see that question inside. So Omar um, here, Where you, where she's pregnant of nursing from your friend, what would be the loch if she was married to a koin? Did the rabbis make a solution for the coin or not? Did they say, okay, fine, in this case it's sufficient if they just separate and after the child's 24 months will let them move back in? Or did they say, not too bad, the xayra is you have to wait 24 months and by the fact that you didn't, you have to get divorced... And yes, we're really sorry we know that even in 24 months he's a kohen, you won't be able to remarry him. Did they make a solution or not? So he says, How can you compare the cases? He says, He says, He He says, wait, well, you know what? Over there where we said they did make a leniency for the kohen, when a child was lived and didn't survive 30 days, and it lived a few days, there, there's the, the rabbonan to rely on. That... Again, Rabbi Shimon M'Gamil is the one who says that you have to wait 30 days to determine if the child is viable. The holds hold you don't have to wait any time. As soon as he's born alive, he's considered viable. So we have the so granted we pass them like Rabbi Shimon M'Gamil, We have the Rabbanon to fall back on, and therefore we can go lenient. And therefore, by the a woman who married a kohen where there's no other option, we'll go like the Rabbanon and not insist on chalitzah. Says but here, by the case of that, you have to wait 24 months before you marry a woman. Who are you going to go like? He said you're going to follow Rebbe Meir. He says you have to get divorced and you're never ever allowed to remarry her. He says, and if it's going to Rabbanan, well, they said you have to divorce her by a get. Uh, there is no. There we could kind of say there's another option to rely on that's valid. Again, that is the Rabbanan's opinion that as soon as the child is born, she, it's not considered a na- nifil. It's considered viable, and therefore she's free to marry whoever she wants. So when she marries this kohen, and now if we would insist on chalitza, they would have to get divorced. We're not going to insist on chalitza to follow the opponent, even though really we pasken like. Maybe and Kamil, that they should have that, that she's a Sophic because whether she should do yibum or whether she can do chalitza or get remarried. Okay, but that's so Yeah, uh, okay. Let's go on to the next point. So there's a desire that a woman can't get remarried within three months after becoming a Grusha or an Almona. After becoming widowed or divorcing, she can't marry within three months. And the concern is she might still be pregnant. So itma and then we won't know who the father is. If she turns out to be pregnant and she gets married very shortly after her first husband, then we don't know. So it says Itma Kod Shabatok Shloysha, Ubarach. So if she got married within three months and he fled, one says we still put him in chayyim until he gives a divorce document. He wasn't allowed to marry her yet, and we've seen whenever you marry, you get jump the gun and get married. When Chazal say you're not allowed to get married yet, you have to get divorced. But this guy ran away. So is, is that good enough? Arikusa No, he's this that he fled is sufficient. Arikusa There was such a it happened, such a case happened. A guy married this girl, and then he realized, whoa, it's a bit soon, he's not allowed to, so he ran away. And Rafram said that's good enough. And Rashi explains Rashi explains, What's this Arikusa Mistai? He says, get. We don't have to force him to write a get. The the loy boy because he's revealed to us that he has no intent of being intimate with her until um, until the three months have passed. All right, so he did kidushin, He didn't do nisuin, and that would be the clear issue to do nisuin because then you going to get mixed up on who the child whose child it is. And he fled. He he married her and he went on a overseas trip. He did kidushin So there we're not going to so according to the one opinion you, know, you force him? you give a guess, and how can No, he showed us that he's careful, he's not going to be intimate with her until the time is up. Yes, ma'am. If he's run away, how can he get? Yeah, I guess you can. Uh, uh, yeah, so where did he run to? I guess we could ask. Did Basically he? The separated. Uh, you think he means separated? we saw in the previous Amud the word it uses for it, it contrasted divorce or separation and it used the words he separates from her this sounds more extreme yeah, so I'm true. not sure I'm not sure, good question a double, yeah. Yeah. so Sobek Bentesha, I mean either way they could uh, hunt him down and force him to give a get or whatever implications we'd have but yeah, I don't know Okay, Benteisha then we mentioned at the end of the the Mishnah that we're still going on, is that if the child, it's a sulfate whether this child is a seven-month pregnancy from the brother, the deceased brother, or is it a nine-month pregnancy, sorry, a nine-month pregnancy from the deceased brother, or a seventh-month pregnancy from the from the Yovom, the brother-in-law. Now remember in such a scenario, she actually shouldn't have, she should have waited three months so you can determine whether she should have done Yibom or not. Because if she has a child from the, from the deceased brother, well then she doesn't fall in Yibom, and it's actually a serious issue. But if she doesn't have a child, well then she should do So she But she did Yibom, that's the case, and now it's a suffrage. Whose father is it? Is it the deceased brother or the Yavon? This case you have to have clear because this, is this case you have to have in the back of our mouth or more in the front of our mouth for the rest of the duff. Um, this sophic, sophic ben <clears> Taisha <throat> sophic ben Shiva. Now, interestingly enough, um, just to, to bear in mind, nowadays we don't, <laughs> our, our medical understanding of things, there isn't this concept of a seventh month pregnancy. They do have means to keep premature babies. From uh, I don't remember from what uh, stage in the pregnancy is alive, but the stats are the higher the, the later on in the pregnancy, the better. There's no there's no like source that oh, but seven months that's when we find there's a group of babies that are viable at seven months. It's all uh, as it heads towards nine months, it gets better and better for the baby, better chance of survival. It was previously that was six months was it okay, seventh month. A few, a few. Yeah, so so the main one is there's what's called a seven month pregnancy and a nine month pregnancy. It's a, what's it the no, the, the months speed months as the, the uh, speed uh, the speed version or the regular version? Um, but and then there was a discussion what what happens if it's into the seventh month. That's where the six months comes in, six months and one day. Is that viable or premature? I don't remember the details of that, but that's where you would have the, that from. So seven month pregnancy or nine month pregnancy. And it's a so now this woman did you, boom. And now it's a sophake whether this child is from the deceased brother or from the Yovum. Okay, so back to that it says Why don't we just say, go after the majority? And most women have nine months pregnancy. And therefore he should have to he should actually have to bring a korban khatas. He's saying to the degree we should say, we should we have a sofaq. One of the ways of dealing with a sofa is follow Rov. Follow the majority. And therefore we should view it as if she definitely transgressed the, the Ara'ios, this child must be from her first husband, not from the Yavam, and she was with the Yavam, so she has to bring a Koban Khatas. So, no, she did he says, Well, I don't know, in my city, the women give birth at seven months. So, no, she did have What, do you think we can establish a role based on your, your city or your family? He says, Hachi come in? He says, No, this is what I'm saying. Most women give birth after nine months, and a few have the seven-month pregnancy. We also have a Chazaka that, I don't know if it's a or a that most women who are having a nine-month pregnancy begin to show after three months. And this one, since she, it wasn't clear that she was pregnant by three months, or Larova. That's undermined that she fits in with the majority. I, if you want to tell me that she fits in with the majority of women who have a nine-month pregnancy, she should, also have fit, she should also be fitting in with the majority and have began, and you could and you could recognize that she was pregnant. Her stomach had started to bulge by three months, but she obviously didn't have that because then we'd be pretty certain she didn't have that. Uh, she didn't look um, like she was pregnant even at three months. So we can't, So he's saying you've undermined the Rav. There's something against the Rav. So you can't just rely on it. He says, He says, He says, Oh wait, well then if you're telling me that all women who, in a nine month pregnancy, by the third month you can see that they're pregnant, well then this woman that you didn't see that she was pregnant, we should actually say it's a seventh month pregnancy from the second husband. Say the opposite no, it says Ella Aimer says as follows. Rov It's not all, but a majority of women, is Letitia, who are having a nine month pregnancy, Uver israeli and So there's there's no definites here. There's no hard and fast rules. Um, the general is that. Um, uh, the general principle is that a woman, the Rov, is that she will have a nine month pregnancy. There's another Rov that women who are in a nine month pregnancy will begin to show at about three months by three months, and therefore, but not all women, some women only after four months begin to show that they're pregnant. Um, so it comes so there But since the majority do show, this woman is not showing. It undermines saying that she fits in with the majority of women who have nine-month pregnancies. Okay, let's go on to the next piece. Um, so the Mishnah said that this child, however, this child that we're not sure whether it's from the deceased or from the Yovom is 100% kosher. And remember, the reason is, why is it kosher? Because we might have Either he's born from the deceased and she was in a good marriage at that stage. It's only sub- Consequently, to that that she committed a doubt, well, that she was intimate with the Yovom when she shouldn't have been. But let's say the child is from the Yavom. Well then it's not her, her husband did die without children, so she should have done Yibum. So the child is either way fine. So it's and Rishon Roylio's Koingodal. The first the first child of there that's born when she's married to the Yavom is could be a Koen Godal. His lineage is pure. Hundred percent sure. The, sho- the shani and the second child born from the yoba Mamzer Misofek is a Mamzer out of doubt, I because maybe it's her brother, it's the Aray the Erva of her brothers of the brother's wife. Says Rabbi Leizer ben Yaakov. I mean Reuven says Ain Mamzer Misofek. It's not a Mamzer Misofek. My karma, What's Reuven Leizer ben Yaakov saying? What? It's not a Mamzer Misofek. It's definitely a Sofek. Omar explained as follows, Omar. This is what he's saying. The first opinion is that the first son could be a Koengodel, and the second one is a sophic Mamzer. A Sophic Mamzer is in more trouble. He can't marry a Yisraelis and he also can't marry a doubtful a, a Mamzeres. Because he might not remember there's a negative commandment for a for a regular Jew to marry a Mamzeres, a mamzer. So this child, this child is a Sophic mamzer. So he might be a regular Jew, so he can't marry a mamzeres. Ribbeleza bin, I mean bin Yaakov says, no Ain't a mamzer, mamzer, mamzeres. bin Yaakov says he's not a Sophic mamzer. We view him as a varai mamzer, and he can actually ma- ma- marry a mamzeres. Rashi explains, what do we mean by that he's a varai mamzer? No, he really is only a Sophic mamzer, but in regards to allowing him to marry another mamzer, He's considered a varai mamzer. Rebelezer ben Yaakov, according to a we're going to switch it around, but Rebelezer ben Yaakov holds that a, mam, a sofek mamzer is allowed to marry a mamzer. I this that the Torah says a Yisrael can't marry a mamzer. That's only when he's a definite Yisrael. When he might be a Yisrael, might be a mamzer, he is allowed to marry a mamzer. So that's what he means. He's a mamzer varai, not that he is a mamzer varai. He might not be a mamzer. He is a Sophic But he's a Mamzer In regards to the halacha That he can marry a Mamzeress Okay Rav says the opposite So again we just have The Chachamim say That he's viewed as a Sophic And Remlisive just a Mamzer? Definitely a Mamzer And I'm not sure about Israelis. I'm not sure um, Most of this is, If I remember correctly Is discussed uh, later on In Kiddushin but, uh, yeah, so I, but I don't remember Whether he can marry A regular Israelis. Um, so, Robert says, Omar. I'm, I'm assuming, but uh, maybe we can be a diet, but again, not 100% sure that it says he's a, uh, viewed as a, ma- a mamzer vadai. Oh, in regards to who he can marry, he's a mamzer and he would only be allowed to marry him, ma- even though he's a Sophic, a mamzerist, but not an Israelist. Otherwise, I could just say he's a Sophic israelis or an Israel. Um, okay, but I'm not sure. So, again, um, according to our bio, the the Tanakhama says it's a Sophic, and Rabbi Elizabeth, and Yaakov, Rabbi Elizabeth and Yaakov says we view him as a vadai. And Rava Omar Hachik Omar Rava says, no, this is what it's saying. The rich the, the Tanakhama says that the first one could be a coin goddle and the second son is a definite mamzer out of doubt we I out of doubt we view him as a different Mamzer and he can marry a Mamzeris. But Rabbi Lezbin Yaakov Oymer, ain't bada mamzer me sofak And Rebbe ben Yaakov says no, he is a sophak Mamzer. For also the a he would not be allowed to marry a Mamzeris. Okay, Robin Abai have just switched the opinions around, we're gonna see this. But come What are Abai and Rob are arguing in with Rabbi El In what Rabbi El said. So let, let's just go into the trend. We learn to the Mishnah. Now the Mishnah there this is the mission from later on in Kiddushin, where I think this comes from. List 10 classes of... Uh Purity of lineage, ten classes of Jews, Kohanim, Israelim, Levim, etc., Mamzer, Nasin, all of those. So Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov lays out a principle. Rabbi Lezer, so not Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov, this is Rabbi Elazar. That was, um, says Rabbi Elazar, Omer Vadon Mutar Vadon Bezveikon Bezveikon Bevadon Bezveikon Bezveikon, also. When you have two Vada Isurim, two people like a Mamzer and a Nasin, you know what their psalm is? They're allowed to marry each other. But a Sophic is not allowed to marry a Vada, and a Vada is not allowed to marry a Sophic, and a Sophic is not allowed to marry a Sophic. Again, because you can't have a, mam- a Sophic Mamzer marrying a Mamzeres, because it might be a Israel marrying a Mamzeres. So it's the other way around, etc. You can't have a Sophic marrying a Vada. The Elohim faken. What are the Sophics? A Shtuki a Sufi Vakuti. What's a Shtuki? A Shtuki is the someone who the father said, the, whenever you ask about his father, his mother says, shh, we don't discuss who dad is. And that's the Stuki. And the Sufi is an abandoned child. So you find an abandoned child and you take them in. They're like, why was he abandoned? And there's a good chance the mother was embarrassed, maybe teenage pregnancy, you know, something like that. So so be questionable, that's an as Sufi. And a Kuti, interesting, we know about the Kuti, they weren't careful with the mitzvah uh, midrabona with the Dirabonas, the they were only and the Droshas, they were only careful with certain mitzvahs d'oraisa. So the Kuti, our concern is that if someone marries a woman with a kesef for a Shtar, the Kutim will let her, Kutim don't recognize that as a valid marriage because it's learned out from a Drosha. I mean, we hold it as a Doraisa marriage, that's what we do. But the Kutim don't recognize it because it's learned out from a Drosha and therefore they tell her that they would allow her to remarry without a get, Which means this is a married woman marrying a second husband and the children would be Mumsarim. But again, it's a sofa because maybe she was married, maybe she did give again, maybe she was married properly and got again, you know, so it's not so, so therefore, those, those are the statements, okay, so Rebbe Lezer, Rebi el says, that a vaday is not allowed to marry a sophic. that's the important point for us. For and Rabbi Yehuda said the name of Rabbi the Halakha is like Rabbi Elazar." Like, I'm when I told this before. Shmuel Omerli Hillel Shani He says, What about what Hillel taught? He said there were these ten classes that came up from Babel. There were Kohanim um, Levim Yisraelim. Halolim, those are ones who are Apostle po- Yeah, Their mother's uh, their, their, ma- their father married a divorced woman, etc um, Converts Harurei is freed slaves mamzayrim, nesinim, Shtuki Vasufi, as we mentioned And they're allowed to marry each other They explain not, not literally that Everyone in that group is allowed to marry anyone in that group But they're allowed to marry At least one level above or below them At least, if not a few levels above Or a few levels below but what if Atom, which we see that some of those, like Mamzer and Asin, can marry a Shtuk and a Sufi? We see a Vadai can marry a sofik. And you're going to say that Loch is like Rebbe Lozor against Hilo. We should follow Hilo. So we have a Makloikes Amoraim Haru We have the one opinion we have in the name of Rav that you Pasken like Rebbe Lozor, that a doubt is not allowed, allowed to marry a Vadai. Mamzer could not marry a stuki, And then we have Shmuel saying, no, what about what Hillel says, that they are allowed to marry a Sofaq would be allowed to marry a barai So that's the machlokes. Now, just before we go further into um, bringing out the point, um, we also, so we have a machlokes Amoraim, is the Halacha like Ravu, is the Halacha like Shmuel. Can you marry a doubtful? Can a doubtful marry a varai like a mamzer marry a sofeik, mamzer, or a shtuki, or not? That's the makhloika samurai. Now there's another principle we have, that whenever you see Rebbe ben Yaakov, the halacha is like him. Now remember, we saw a and rova switch. One says Rebbe ben Yaakov holds a sofeik, can marry a varai, and the other one says that a sophic cannot marry a varai. Now, ba- what's that? Because we, they're going to want to fit Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov in with how they, with who they see as the halacha. Let's see this inside. So a buyer of ki Abaya holds like Shmuel who says that the halacha is like Hillel, that a sofek can marry a vadai umuki So therefore he says that Rabbi Lezer Yaakov is going like the halacha, that he can marry a, a doubtful case. And the tanakamu was the other opinion because then you have a contradiction between the two principles of halacha we have the one principle is that the, that Shmuel says the halacha is like Hillel and we have the halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, so he fits them together. Rabbu zavalocha rav, de'amara halocha kirebi elazar. Rav says the halacha is like Rabbi Elazar that a vaday and a sofay cannot marry. So zumikulalad kirebi Eliezer ben Yaakov alibed hilchas. So therefore he learns that Mishnah explaining Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov according to the halacha ki hechid eloytikchi hilchasah hilchasah so that we don't have a contradiction from one halacha onto the other. Na Omar Abaya says Mina Mina I know that regarding like Mamzeros we view a soaping as a bara are we going to let a soaping Mamzer Miriam Mamzeros etc the Tanya will enter enterprise yo the calls Faikeler Ben Jakob Kevare Mashfilo says the Tanya will uh, enter enterprise Ben Izben Jakob Oymer Ben Izben Jakob hay shbo alnosim harbay the ene yadinal izma hempo someone had relations with many women Many women, and he doesn't know who, and he doesn't know them all. he sheba lo leah a woman who had many relations with many men, but any She doesn't know who she with, who she became pregnant from. Nimtza av says, it can turn out that a father might marry his daughter. If this woman subsequently has a child, and then whoever comes and marries that child, it could actually be her father. no, he says or a man, so let's say she became pregnant from man A, and man A had another family, or he married another woman and she became pregnant, but they don't know. It could turn out that his children, I, this brother, could marry a sister. And the whole world will turn into Mamzerim. What do we see? It's using and this is what the post says and the land became filled with promiscuity or mamzerim. But interesting enough, he uses the word. It's a sophake whether the whether they'll be Mamzerim. But what word does he used the whole world will be filled with mamzerim, so he doesn't say sofek mamzerim or something like that, it uses the word mamzerim. Says, um, so no, this is what it's saying. What does it mean when the word says, um, it says, what is this? The term zima implies doubt. So you saying that Rabbi Ben Yaakov is actually saying it's a doubtful case. Yes, it's okay. al Further, says, A man shouldn't have a family in two different uh, countries that people don't know about. You shouldn't marry a woman in this country and a woman in another country. Why? Because maybe the children from each woman will end up marrying each other. I mean, that doesn't, not, not even a family. You shouldn't have a mistress in two different cities. Or something like that, because you'll have the brother might end up marrying a sister. He says, but wait, when Rav would travel and he'd go to Dardashir, he would make an announcement: Who will be my wife for the day? And Rav Nachman, and he would say, Does anyone want to be my wife for the day? I oh, was going to see, they were very concerned. If they were left without a wife, they might be tempted, and they'll give in to that desire. So they wanted to have a wife forever they're going. But what do we see? We see Rav and Rav Nachman, two great, great Amoraim, marrying women in other cities. They had a family at home. I don't remember. I think Rav was a Roshiba in Surah. Uh, Rav Nathman, I don't remember. But either way, he had a family in one city. And when he'd go on, go on a business trip... He would marry someone for the day or for the few days that he was there. So the Gemara says, no, Shani, Rabbonate, Pakir, Yeah, They would have to give a get after the yeah, day. Yeah, they, they would have had to give a get, yeah. Otherwise she would remain, I she would remain married otherwise. So he says, no, Shani, Rabbonate, Pakir, Shemayel. says, no, they're the sages, so it's famous. The woman would be very proud. She would keep her suba that, look, I was married to Raf. She says, oh, the homerobber says but wait how would this work? Because Robert says if a man proposes to a woman and she accepts, she has to wait seven clean days. There's a concern that, that okay. so there's a concern that out of uh, we're up to thirty four minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, there's, a so con- the there's a concern that um, that when a woman in her excitement to accept the proposal that she's now getting engaged she might see Damnida. And therefore, you have to wait seven clean days. So how does it help anything? So what, he walks into town, he says, who will marry me? The woman says, yes, I'm happy to accept your proposal. And now she's a nidda for the next week. So how does it help Rav deal with, um, get around his concern that he's, that he's, now he has a wife in the city? So Rabban and Shlucha have a have mission. marry her and be intimate with her? Yeah, but, uh, but I think we have to view what's his concern. Why does Rav want to marry someone? Why does he want to have a wife in this city that he's visiting for just a few days? So that's, yeah. But uh, we will see that will be one of the suggestions. You're right. says, Rabbono, I have a Mishadri or Omoidulu. The one on says that, no, they would send messengers ahead. They'd send someone. He says, I've got a business trip to Shan Khatsiv in the next month. And he'd send one of his uh, agents says, please go find me a wife. So she'd accept the proposal a few weeks in advance and then she'll be ready waiting for Raf when he gets there. It says, The e-boy's is similar to what They just selected them for to be, to be in Yechud with them. They didn't plan on being intimate with these women. They just planned on being alone with them. The As the opinion says, you can't compare someone who has bread in his basket to someone who does not have bread in his basket. By the fact that he knows he has a wife, and she could be available within the next few days, that's enough to take away a whole lot of temptation. If there's no availability, no possibility on the horizon, then he's more likely to give into um, availability. But again, so many ask. But how do you say this is Paspasala? How do you say this is a woman who's available to him? She's not available to him because she's a niddah. That's the one question they ask. Um, there's another halakha. He says, you know, if someone's wife becomes a nidda and then they get married, he's not allowed to be alone with her. You're only allowed to be alone with your wife who's a niddah after you've already been intimate with her at least once. So when a man marries a woman who's a nidah, they actually can't be alone together. So how does it help in the scenario that is, he shouldn't even be allowed to be alone together? So some of the, the the easiest answer to that is, um, it could. Be, um, so the, you know, the easiest answer to that is maybe if you if he already has a family, already has a wife, that halacha doesn't apply. And he can still be alone with uh, with his new wife who's a needer. Okay, but that's, uh, there's a bit more to discuss on them, but let's go on. Tana Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov says, "Lo He says, A person should not. Again, so it must be that Rav and Ram Nachman would impl- in, inform their wife that this is their plan. You know, it's just a temporary marriage. Because Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov said, a man is not allowed to marry a woman with, in the back of his mind that He's going to divorce her. Because the Apostle says, don't um, don't plan an evil plan against your friend when he's sitting securely. I oh, see things, oh, I found a husband that can settle down in the back of his mind. In a few weeks he's going to divorce her. But they did say, he's going to be my wife for the So it yeah, so must be that Rav and Rav Nachman didn't trick her. Yeah. They informed her. Yeah. Okay, now we're going back to the seven we're not going to finish the sugya, but let's at least uh, get a good way in Let, let's at least start it um, we're going to discuss Yerusha with the sophic. so remember we had this child who's a sophic seven months Sophic nine Sophak nine months sophic seven months it's a doubt whether he's born to the deceased brother or it's a doubt whether he was born to the Yavam. and now we're going to discuss how the laws of inheritance work because remember generally a son inherits his father that's first in line how, with a Yavam, he inherits his deceased brother. As the one who does Yivum, he gets the inheritance of his deceased brother. So basically we're going to have to see when you have different cases of people fighting for Yerusha, where are they coming from and how do you address the doubt. So let's start with the first case. Maybe we'll do the first three today if you have the sofeik, this child, and the yovom that are coming to divide the assets of the deceased they're fighting over who should get the assets of the deceased so the, the child says you know what, that's actually my father you're not my father, that's my father and I should inherit him fully and what does the yovom say? what do you mean, you're my son and I should inherit, he's my brother I inherit him fully but then that son will inherit the father often. Yeah. Afterwards, but uh, they're fighting over it now. So that's what he says. The Sofek says, "Look, I'm the son of the deceased. He's my father, and it all belongs to me." And the Yavamama, the at at you're my son, and you have no right to those assets. I inherit my deceased brother, who had the as well. It's Mamun that's placed in doubt And therefore they have to split it Okay, a second scenario What happens if you have the Sophake and you have the Sons of the Yovim Aye, so his, They're either his actual brothers If he was born to the second one Or they're his cousins And they're fighting over The assets of the deceased Sofek amar hahu gabr ba misne huu vneisayti d'ihu says ah, it's my father and I get all the assets. Uvenay yavam amri atachenu at no you're our brother. U misne huu de islah bahadon Ummanosa manasa Hu de islah bahadon and you just get one share in it, one portion amongst us. Are you our brother, our father inherited. Our father, the Yovam, inherited him, and now we split it all equally. You don't get a... And he's like, no, 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 that was, that's my dad who just died, and I get everything. So that's the Mahloch. So that's <laughs> the Mahloch. So By Nisin, he They actually wanted to say, oh, this is similar to a Mishnah. The as we learned in a Mishnah, this is by a widow who married too... Sh- this, this is, again, a similar scenario where you had a widow who married too soon after her husband's death, and she had a child, and obviously, and both husbands not, not a case of you, both husbands have children, and you have this child and you're not sure it's his father father A or father B. Um, so he says this by so he says, "So what happens? Who A son? He does not inherit them. and they inherit him. What does it mean? He does not inherit them as they have a vada claim on their father's assets they everyone knows who their father is so let's say we inherit our father whereas he's coming along and he's saying no i'm also your brother i should also inherit him but we don't know who his father is so they're coming from vada he's coming from Suffolk, so he can't inherit them but they can inherit him because when he does well then the two brothers would split it saying I mean, oh, sorry, I should actually f- express it like this. Theoretically, they can say, no, those are your brothers. You inherit from that man with them. And then when he goes to inherit with them, they say, no, the other guys are your brothers. Father A's children are your brothers, not Father B. So that's uh, the confusion there. He's a Suffolk. They can push him off. Whereas here, they're a Vada, so they inherit. Whereas they can inherit him, again, the two fathers, brothers A and brothers B, are all coming with Suffolk, and therefore they'll split it. That's the one. It says, and here's the other way around. I, again, here, now we're referring to our case of the sophic Shiva, Sophai test by yibum. So, so the first case was just a woman who got married too soon after her divorce or her widowhood. Here we're discussing a case of Yibam, and now we're going to explain Hosan Omri Over there in the Mishnah that we just quoted, they say to him, "Bring a proof that you're our brother, and you can get inheritance." Hacha Lehu. Here he says to them, Isirai VeShaklu. He says to the brothers, "You bring a proof that you're my brothers. Oh, you bring a proof that, and, and and then you can inherit." Because either way, he's saying I definitely inherit. Whether my father's the deceased one or whether my father's the other, I definitely inherit. You guys not so clear. So you bring a proof. It says Ameluhura <laughs> says you can't compare the cases. He says hosom <laughs> inu They're they're a vadai and he's a sofek. As I said again, they're definitely the children of Father A. And he's the Sophic, he wants to come along and say, no, I'm also a son of father A. And what shall they say? No, they're a Vada, and you're a Sophik. You actually go get, them. you're actually a son of father B. So it's half an ID for ID But in this case, both are Sophekos. The brothers are not sure whether they should be inheriting, and he's not sure whether he should be inheriting. Or where his claim of inheritance is coming from. So they're all sofeq. says, If you want to tell me that it's similar to another Mishnah, it's similar to the following Mishnah. And this would be, I guess, the third case. The sofeq uvnei yovom yovom It's where you have the doubt and the... The, um, the sofeq and the who come to... Divide the assets of the Yovam. So the brother who did Yovam subsequently dies, and now you have his son who we not chosen from the Yovam of the deceased, and we have these brothers and they are splitting his assets, his assets. It says, Come bring a proof that you're our brother and you can split Yerusha with us. Unless you're actually our cousin and you don't really get anything. Um I think let's leave it here for today and we'll continue with the fourth case tomorrow.